0: welcome back, Crimaholics. It's your host, Holly, and today is Monday, which means another Missing Monday for you. If you're new here, Missing Mondays is a segment that was created to help keep missing persons name and information in the media the best we can and to hopefully help aid in their return home. 90,000 people are missing in the U.S. at any given time, and while some are found alive or deceased, the majority are still missing today. These cases are very important to share because at the end of the day, there are families out there still with so many unanswered questions. Unfortunately, with a lot of these Monday cases that we cover, some of the information can be extremely limited. Today's case is one of those cases, but if you've been following us for a while now, you know that no matter how little the information is, it's still extremely important to us here at Crimeaholics to share their name and their stories. Today's Missing Mondays case has a lot of mystery surrounding it, and you'll find out why soon. Today's episode is on the disappearance of Sophia McKenna. But before we get into the episode, I do want to do a brief update on one of the previous cases that I have covered here on the podcast. And that was of the death of Brittany Ulackey, who was murdered by someone who she viewed as one of her closest friends and someone she felt like was a brother. His name was Bryce Dickey. Bryce Dickey has finally been found guilty of first-degree murder and the sexual assault with a deadly weapon of Gabrielle Brittany Ulacki. The jury sentenced Bryce Dickey 20 years to life in prison for that first degree murder charge and the sentencing for the sexual assault with a deadly weapon will be coming from the court at a later date. I just wanted to give that brief update. If you've been following along with her case in the media, you probably already saw it. If you're in her Facebook group dedicated to justice for Brittany, you probably saw it as well. But for those that aren't following along, I did just want to give that there is finally some closure and justice for Brittany Ulacki. So without further ado, let's get into the disappearance of Sophia McKenna. <music> Sophia Michelle McKenna was born on July 3rd, 1996 and was raised in North Stonington, Connecticut, along with her two siblings. According to her mother, Michelle, Sophia was an only child until she was six years old and she was quite the happy and spoiled little girl. When her younger siblings came along, she was close to them and loved them very much. But as Sophia got older, her happy-go-lucky little girl personality drifted away. Sophia took the news of her parents' divorce extremely hard, and while in high school, she was diagnosed with bipolar depression. In an interview with Missing on Long Island, Michelle speaks about how Sophia started having reckless behaviors and did experiment with drugs like many people do in life. I think we can all relate on poor choices we've made as teens and young adults that were classified as reckless and we've all just been there. Sophia also had a boyfriend named Austin and that relationship was kind of an unhealthy one. According to her mother, Austin began using steroids and with Sophia's bipolar, it was a toxic mix and they would often become physical with each other. At some point in their relationship, Austin began seeing someone else, which naturally upset Sophia. And as I said, their relationship was toxic, and often in toxic relationships, toxic games can be played. Sophia was set to meet up with Austin, and instead she told her mother that she was going to go out with another guy to spite Austin. When Austin heard that Sophia was with another man, he rushed over to her apartment and began banging on the door, screaming to be let inside. When Sophia refused, he tried to kick the door down and was threatening to kill her. In the police report, it stated that Austin had said, quote, I'll effing slit your throat, end quote. Many believe that had Austin gotten into the apartment that night, he would have killed Sophia because he was just that upset. Now, this incident occurred just a few weeks before Sophia would actually go missing. After this incident, Sophia started hanging out with a young man by the name of Spencer Mungford, who was originally from Florida, but was attending the University of Connecticut Avery Point Campus in Groton. Sophia and Spencer had met while working at the Red Door Salon and Spa and became quick friends. Eventually, their friendship blossomed into a relationship, and the two dated for a brief time before the relationship ended. But their breakup wasn't a bitter one, and when they decided to end the relationship, they agreed that they wanted to still maintain their friendship, and they did so successfully. Growing up in Florida, Spencer spent a lot of time on the water, and shortly before Sophia went missing, he began working on a fishing charter in Connecticut where he would take people out on the water for fishing trips. In an interview with Sophia's mother, Michelle, she recalls how Sophia and Spencer often were up to mischief together, and it often involved alcohol. The two of them really enjoyed drinking, and it also seemed like this was something that Sophia did to help herself feel better about her life. In the early morning hours of April 27, 2018, Sophia and Spencer were hanging out and decided to make a spontaneous trip out to the new London Ledge lighthouse that was located off the coast of Groton, Connecticut. Before heading out to the lighthouse, Sophia parked her car at the Yukon Avery Point campus. Spencer and Sophia then took one of the university's sailboats without a mast and paddled their way to the New London Ledge lighthouse. This is documented through a Snapchat video that Sophia took on Spencer's phone. In the video, you can see Spencer sitting at the front of a white boat paddling. Sophia can be heard talking about the fact that they're in the middle of the ocean. She points the camera back towards the coastline where you can see lights in the distance. She then pans the phone back towards Spencer and says, Oh, we're almost there. And you can see a little bit of the light from the lighthouse up ahead of them. She is in very good spirits in this video and she can be heard laughing. I'm sure a lot of you are wondering why in the world would these two young adults even consider traveling out to this lighthouse in the middle of the ocean to begin with. And this was something that I guess people did quite often because the lighthouse is rumored to be haunted. According to the legend of the New London Ledge Lighthouse, an early keeper of the lighthouse named Ernie was said to be haunting it. The lighthouse was built in 1909 and had occupants living there manning it until the late 1980s. And many different Coast Guard crews that were on duty at this lighthouse reported a lot of unexplained things that took place inside of the lighthouse. And those things included weird knocking sounds, doors opening and closing repeatedly, the television being turned on and turned off by itself, and oddly enough, apparently some of the bedsheets on some of the beds had been removed with no explanation. It is said that the ghost of Ernie haunts the lighthouse after he threw himself off the top of it after his wife left him for a captain of another ship and he died instantly. The lighthouse has also been featured on several paranormal reality TV shows including The Scariest Places on Earth and Ghost Hunters. So minutes after arriving to this lighthouse, Spencer snaps a photo of Sophia standing next to a sign that says no trespassing. And in this picture, once again, she looks happy. She's smiling with her tongue out and she is full of life. It looks absolutely like she is on an adventure. This picture was posted on his Snapchat at 2 a.m., The following events that happened after this picture was taken are completely a mystery. Spencer had an event that he was supposed to attend later that day. This was something that everyone knew he wouldn't have missed. So when he didn't show up, his friends and family became concerned and instantly reported him as missing. At the same time that Spencer's loved ones were getting concerned, Sophia's boyfriend Austin was also increasingly getting concerned because he also hadn't heard from her. He got in touch with Michelle and asked her if she had heard anything or if she had any kind of missed calls on her phone. And when Michelle had woken up that morning, she allowed Sophia's little sister, Gracie, to watch videos and play on her phone before she even checked her phone calls or messages. And sure enough, Michelle had seven missed calls back to back from a number she didn't recognize. The calls had begun at 2.05 a.m., just five minutes after that picture was posted to Snapchat. The second call came in at 2.06, the next at 2.07, and then three missed calls at 2.08. And lastly, the final missed call came in at 2.09 a.m. Michelle called the number back and immediately it went to voicemail that said that it was Spencer's cell phone. At this point, Michelle knew something serious had happened. She told Austin to call the hospitals while she called the police. What is interesting to me about these phone calls, though, is that Sophia never left a voicemail. It is clear that something was happening if she was repeatedly trying to call her mom in what I would assume was a panic. So why no voicemail? Why not even just a single one? Now, I get repeatedly calling back to back to back in hopes that whoever you're calling will wake up in the middle of the night, but I would have assumed that she would have left at least one frantic voicemail, but there was none. Both Austin and Michelle were extremely concerned about Sophia. Austin was aware that she was hanging out with Spencer that night as he told her that it was okay for them to go out together. He knew that they had gone out on the water, and Michelle knew that Sophia had said that she was going to go fishing. So I think the possibility of something terrible happening on the water sank in fast for both Michelle and Austin. Not to mention, nobody had heard from Spencer either. The Coast Guard was called out to begin searching for both Spencer and Sophia around 6 p.m. that evening. Due to harsh weather conditions that day, the Coast Guard requested that civilian searches of the water were put on hold. But that didn't stop friends and family of the two from going and doing ground searches. And this is when they located Sophia's car parked at the campus and found that her cell phone was still inside, which is why she had used Spencer's phone to make those phone calls. At 6.30pm that night of May 27th, the shirt that Spencer had been wearing in that Snapchat video of him paddling on the water was found tied to a cleat at the New London Ledge Lighthouse. And for those who didn't know what a cleat was, because I'm going to be honest, I didn't until researching this, a cleat is one of those metal things that you find on boat docks to tie a boat to, and typically you tie it with a rope so that the boat doesn't drop Drift away. Finding Spencer's shirt tied to this cleat had authorities believing that he had used his shirt to dock the boat at the lighthouse. On May 28th, when the weather finally calmed Austin and his father went searching for his girlfriend and Spencer on their own, they took to the air in a private plane and began searching for anything that they could find. They spotted what appeared to be a sailboat lying upside down on Truman Beach, New York. Truman Beach is approximately 8 miles east of the lighthouse, and it was instantly believed that this was the sailboat that had been used by Spencer and Sophia on that fateful morning of May twenty seventh, two 2018. But this was actually never 100% confirmed to be the boat and a lot of people have questions about this boat that was found when this boat was found it was said that the paddle that Spencer had been using was found broken inside the boat the boat again was upside down and inside the hull of it they found growth and the boat was partially buried in the dirt and rock Additionally, it was found that there was a light layer of dust and dirt on the outside of the boat. Now, this boat was to have said to only have been in this location for possibly 24 hours so how is it that this boat already had growth inside the hole and a layer of dust and dirt on the outside of it making it appear that it had been there much longer again this was never 100 confirmed to have been the boat that they had used and I'm not really sure why they didn't know if it was for sure the boat or not but it leaves a lot of questions On top of finding the growth and the dust, it was also reported that there was some unidentified fingerprints on the boat, but none of these prints were taken to be examined further. Once more, the search of the seas had to be suspended due to rough waters for the Coast Guard. The families were told that searches would be discontinued until something turned up to lead them in a direction in which way to search for Sophia and Spencer. Eleven days after Spencer and Sophia went missing, on June 8th, Spencer Mugford's body was discovered by a commercial fisherman. Spencer's body was shoeless and floating in the water nearly two and a half miles from the lighthouse, and where his body was found was actually in the opposite direction from where the boat was found on Truman Island spencer's cause of death was ruled as a drowning and though spencer was found the search for sophia never resumed It was also reported that two other men had gone missing on that very day that Sophia and Spencer did from around the same area. And I couldn't find what time exactly that they were reported missing, but it is said that both of their bodies eventually were found as well. So it's interesting that three individuals would be found in the water, yet Sophia has never turned up. Also, from my understanding, Spencer's cell phone records were never publicly released to show whether Sophia tried to call 911 on that night or call anyone else for help. Additionally, Spencer's cell phone has never been recovered, and it is believed that wherever Sophia is, she likely has his phone with her. The biggest question that lingers for many people is whether Sophia and Spencer had someone else with them that night or if they had been followed to the lighthouse. I feel that had they had a third person with them they would have been present in that snapchat video so I do not believe that is what happened but the question of maybe being followed to the lighthouse or even the idea of maybe someone already being at the lighthouse when they got there remains unanswered. And unfortunately, both the cameras at the Yukon campus and at the lighthouse were reported to be decoy cameras and not actually working recording cameras. A Facebook group was created called Finding Sophia McKenna, What Happened to Sophia? The purpose of this group was to have a place for people to come together who were friends and family or just people of the community following the case to discuss what happened to Sophia. They call the people within the group Sophia's Army. Her mother is very active within the group, posting pictures and memories of her daughter. It has now been four years as of just a few days ago that Sophia had gone missing, and her loved ones are still left wondering where she is and what happened to her. There are several theories out there about what happened to Sophia, and I'm going to briefly go over them. The first theory and one that I don't really want to spend too much time talking about is that something supernatural happened to Sophia and Spencer. They were visiting what is said to have been a haunted lighthouse and some people who believe in that type of thing believe that this is a possibility. The next theory that you will see when searching this case is that Sophia's boyfriend, Austin, had something to do with the disappearance and assumed death of both of them. People like to focus on the fact that Michelle reported that Austin began using steroids and that the two of them had previously been violent towards each other. And perhaps uh, out of jealousy, he followed Sophia and Spencer to the lighthouse and did something. I will say that according to Michelle McKenna, Sophia's mom, Austin has been fully and completely cooperative with not only the police but also other outside sources who have investigated him. She said he 100% had nothing to do with this and I saw when looking into this that she often tags Austin when she goes out to visit with Sophia at the shoreline of Avery Point where she can see the lighthouse. They seem to stay in touch with each other and during the search for Sophia he was very active in posting and sharing his heartache for her being missing so once more even though they had a troubled past I do not believe Austin is involved another theory is that Sophia also drowned and her body has just been trapped somehow somewhere underwater The main theory that you see on this case is that the boat somehow came loose, likely due to rocky waters, and Spencer saw that it was drifting away, and being the strong swimmer that he was, he jumped into the water to try and catch it. He likely gave Sophia his phone first so it wouldn't get wet, but given that it was just after 2am, the water was likely very cold. People also believe that since Spencer had just paddled his way to the lighthouse, he was likely already fatigued, so when trying to swim to the boat, he likely began to struggle and then eventually drowned. Sophia was waiting for Spencer to come back, and when he didn't, she began to panic, and that is when she started calling her mom for help. Many people question if she was worried about her friend, why had she not called 911 instead of her mom? But Sophia and Spencer had allegedly taken a boat from the campus without permission. They were also trespassing at the lighthouse and perhaps alcohol and drugs were involved. She may have been worried about getting cops involved and then getting into trouble further. Both Spencer and Sophia had more recently been involved with some trouble, and they probably just didn't want to add to that. When her mother didn't answer, Sophia may have tried to jump into the water to help Spencer, but many people don't believe that that is a possibility because if she was going to jump into the water, she likely would have left Spencer's phone behind in a dry place and Spencer's phone was never recovered at the lighthouse, so maybe she had slipped and fallen in while trying to search for him or reach for him and she also drowned. Since this took place over Memorial Day weekend, some people also speculate that other boaters may have been near and heard Sophia screaming for Spencer and came to the lighthouse and took her themselves. Her family and loved ones want to hold out hope that Sophia is still alive. Her mother tells Missing on Long Island that she doesn't feel that Sophia is gone and talks about the possibility of maybe her being sex trafficked. She said that if Sophia has the opportunity to escape, she knows that she would and that her daughter is a fighter. Sophia McKenna was 21 years old at the time of her disappearance. She was 5'9 and 130 pounds. Sophia has dark brown hair and blue eyes. She has the words, thy world is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path tattooed on the side of her left foot. She also has the phrase searching for the thrill of it on her ankle and a crescent moon on the left side of her waist. She also has cherry blossoms and a butterfly on the back right shoulder and the zodiac sign for cancer behind her ear. Sophia also has her ears pierced. If you or anyone you know has information on the whereabouts of Sophia McKenna, or if you know what happened on that night of May 27, 2018, please call the Connecticut State Police at 860-848-6500. Make sure you are also a part of our private Facebook group, in there, we share all pictures and information pertaining to the cases that we cover, and we also encourage all of our members to share all things true crime. Be sure you also follow us on Instagram and on TikTok at Crimeaholics.podcast. And if you wish to follow myself personally on Instagram, you can find me by searching Crimaholly, Crimaholics. that is all for this week's Missing Monday. Until next time, be aware and take care.